So at the very beginning of this passage of Luke, we hear about the two disciples and they related what happened to them on the road to Emmaus. And you remember there was a line in that story where they said after he vanished, after breaking the bread open for them, and then they realized who he was, weren't our hearts burning within us as he walked with us and explained the scriptures? And then in this gospel passage, he does it again. He appears to them and he explains the scriptures some more. I remember when I was a teenager, I think this was my favorite scripture passage, this, this part of Luke's gospel. Because I remember when they said, weren't our hearts burning within us? I remember wishing that could happen to me. I wanted to be closer to God. I wanted to have a purpose in my life. So we're going to talk about burning hearts tonight. The Feast of St. Catherine of Siena is coming up. It's April 29th. And she's someone who had a burning heart. In fact, the opening prayer on her feast day starts out with this phrase. Oh God, who set St. Catherine on fire with your divine love. She was born in 1347. She was born right in the middle of the Black Death. Historians say of all the plagues and all the pandemics, that's the worst one humankind has probably ever experienced as far as we know. 60% of Europe and Asia and North Africa died in the years from 1346 to 1353. She's growing up right in the middle of that. Her mom and dad had 25 kids. Over half of them did not make it to adulthood. So it's in that context that I want to tell you these things that happened to St. Catherine. When she was five years old, the plague was still going on. She had a vision and she saw Jesus on a throne. And Peter was there and Paul and John. At seven years old, she decided to give her whole life to Jesus. I can't even imagine myself at seven years old having any kind of a thought like that. But remember, she's living in the context of life and death. When she was a teenager, her parents were pushing her to get married. She didn't feel the call to marriage. She didn't want to be in the convent either. That was kind of the two choices. So she decided to become a what they call a third order Dominican. She could wear the habit, she made the vows, but she could live at home. And she lived in her room. Her room was like her cell. That's what they used to call where the monks lived, the sisters. She had very austere spiritual practices. She didn't eat much at all. In fact, the family would give her food and she'd give it away. They'd give her clothes, she'd give those away. And then when she was 21, Another remarkable moment. She felt that Jesus was calling her to marry him, to give her life even more. And he also told her at that time, I want you to go out. I don't want you to live alone anymore or locked in your room. I want you to go out. And she started helping the poor, helping at hospitals. 
And all kinds of people started gathering around her because they knew that she was a holy person. And then she began to send letters. She dictated these letters because she didn't know how to write. They're so eloquent. We have almost 400 of them. And she wrote to the Pope. She wrote to kings. She wrote to princes. At the time, the Pope was living in Avignon in France. They were afraid of what was going on in Italy. And she had a very gentle but persuasive style. And she really told the Pope, you need to go back to Rome. She was called upon by the Pope to go to Florence to try to be a peacemaker in a dispute between Florence and Rome. For someone living in the 14th century, especially a woman at that time, what she did was remarkable. How was she able to do it? She was on fire. Now the thing is, if you look at all the Gospels, what Jesus says, he's really saying to you, I want you to be on fire. Now, your reaction might be my, much like mine. No, 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 I, I don't want to be on fire. Going to Mass is great. I want to get to heaven, but please, no fires. But remember, he's not going to take you where you are now and make the big conflagration all in one step. How do we have burning hearts? How does that fire get going? Well, you know, I grew up in Chicago, the south side, right in the middle of the city. I did not know, well, I knew nothing about camping. But we went one time as a family out into the, to the woods up in Wisconsin. So we thought, my brother and I, we're going to start a fire. So we got big logs, like this one. We put them together, then we got our match. And this is what we did. Yeah, that's what happened when we did it. Nothing. It's a little black on the bottom. You can't start a fire like that. You can't start a fire in my soul with one prayer or just going to Mass. It doesn't work that way. So I went camping later in life with some guys who were experts. At least that's what they told me. And they were talking about the fire. They talked about how they could build a fire better than anyone else that they knew. And they talked about it all weekend. And they would take the logs and they would uh, crisscross them. Like, you know, Lincoln Log, you know, when you did when we were kids? So there was space between the logs, so they said the fire has to breathe. And then they got some tinder. And that was like leaves. And they put some newspaper in there. And then they got some kindling. They said, so you have to have the kindling. Those are little twigs. They put all the little twigs in there. And then they got a fire going. They told me, it starts out red. And then it becomes like cherry, and then orange and yellow. But when it gets to white, now we're talking. That's a fire. We can't start a fire in our soul with one prayer or just go into Mass. But he'll start wherever we are. If I say, or you say tonight, Lord, here I am. Let this heart begin to be on fire. 
Let me tell you about someone that I read about. This might surprise you that it's going to because it's a priest. It's an older priest. This is a true story. He went to a younger priest who was also in the residence where he lived. He knew the younger priest was a spiritual director. And he went to him and he said, I'm not praying anymore. I'm saying mass, but I don't even feel like praying. And he was worried about that because here he is a priest. And the young priest said to him, well, what do you like about God? What attracts you? And he said, well, God is so good. Well, why don't you start praying about the goodness of God every day? Take some time to think about, to thank him, and to reflect on the goodness of God. And the older priest was kind of suspicious of that, and he said, well, what am I going to do after that? I can't do that every day. And the younger priest said, you haven't even started yet, and you're already complaining about how it's going to go. <laughs> so the guy left, and he came back three weeks later. He said, I, I'm doing what you said. I'm just praying about the goodness of God. And I reflect on it. I think about it. You know, I'm still doing it, even after three weeks. Now, this young priest was hurt by the last conversation, so he was kind of cynical. Well, you'll probably quit next week. So now the older priest is hurt, and he goes away dejected. So these two priests hurting each other. You see, even priests do that to each other. It's not just regular people. It's everybody. He didn't quit. He kept praying about the goodness of God. And a year later, he was a different guy. His heart was on fire again. That was the kindling for him. That was the tinder. Just keep praying about the goodness of God. Now it's different for every person I meet. For somebody else, what attracts them is the joy of God, or the gift of faith, or they're really touched by the mercy of God, his heart. That's the kindling. You know, it could be coming to Mass will set you on fire. I mean, if I come to Mass, and I'm out in that parking lot, and I'm walking in here, I look up at the dome of the church, and I feel an excitement inside that I'm coming into God's house. I wonder what will happen today. What will I hear? What will happen while I'm here? And then when we're singing the songs, I'm singing those songs. And when we're saying the prayers, I'm praying them like I mean them. And then when I come up to receive Holy Communion, to receive the Lord, and I'm so grateful, I'm so in awe, I'm so reverential in my heart, I could start on fire. St. Catherine of Siena, to go back to that opening prayer, you know what her kindling was? The way the first couple lines go, O oh God, who set St. Catherine on fire with your divine love, in her contemplation of the Lord's passion and her service of your church, she became on fire through the things that God was calling her to do. It happened along the way. 
So let me conclude with Catherine's encouragement for you and for me. This is a quote from her. Be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. Be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you know. God bless you. If you'd like to subscribe to the Seeds of Hope Reflections, just search Seeds of Hope with Father Mike, where you get your podcasts.